Hey guys, it's your girl Etta, also known as the CEO paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. In this episode, I get to speak with Nigel Fury, a lawyer and community advocate. Through his work ethics, he has created a community like no other. In this conversation, I learn a thing or two about the magic of creating your own customer service experience through Community Reach Out. Listen in for more. Need an extra set of hands for a case that requires a little more investigation work? Check out our proud sponsor of Season 3, Affirm Investigative Solutions, where you get the tailored and personal care for your case when you need it most. With over 10 years of experience, Affirm Investigative Solutions makes the process easy. Set up a call, develop a plan, and then execute that plan. Affirm Investigative Solutions, the litigation partner that has your back. Good morning, Nigel. Welcome to the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Um, I want to first thank you for taking your time because I know it's very valuable to be on our podcast. And second, to talk about something that is really important to the legal industry, right? Uh, Things that a lot of people don't understand that go on uh, behind the scenes, especially in the personal injury world, uh, regardless of where you are in the globe. So uh, we're going to touch upon a lot of things like that today. So audience, be prepared and get ready for the roller coaster. Uh, Without further ado, Nigel, if you'd like to say hi to the audience. Hey, everyone. Nigel Peary here. I am a lawyer practicing in Atlanta. This is my eighth year now. I litigate all my cases, you know, start to finish. Uh, ended up networking with Miss Rosa here and happy to be a guest on the podcast. Awesome. So let's talk about our first kind of uh, touch top topic today, which is basically negligent security, which is something that I even working in the personal injury world for so long, wasn't really aware of that it was tied into the whole personal injury branch. So let's talk about negligent security, what it is, and really how that ties into the whole personal injury realm. Okay. So if you go to any kind of business or public place, sporting event, government building, right, where you're there for the benefit of the business owner, the landowner, like, okay, you you buy a ticket to go to, the, to a game or you go to a gas station to fill up, your, you know, fill up at the pump based on what that area is, they have to provide reasonable security. So if you're in, let's say, a not so great neighborhood and you're pumping gas, they should be a security guard outside, right? If you're going to a game downtown, they should be security there. You know, if you're going to a grocery store, not so great of an area, they should have security. The same thing, apartment complex. uh, And how it's determined is you look at an aggregate of the area. You don't just look at that one place and what's happened there. You typically want to look at like a two-mile zip code uh, and pull, you know, the crime report. So they're looking at all kinds of violent crimes, right? Sadly, murder, armed robbery. If those are frequent, then that's how much security they have. They, then they 
the landowners there have the responsibility to provide more security, you know, for their customers. Interesting. So it's up to the landowner. Ah, okay. I thought it was going to fall on the city, but okay. I okay. That's interesting how that works. So if you if you go to a city building, then yes, it's going to be on the city. Right. Okay. No. Okay. Awesome. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. So uh, reasonable security. You spoke a lot about that. What um, is a security camera? One of those things. Can that be a reasonable security? Can that fall under that branch? See, security cameras are seen more like a deterrent, but they won't do much to prevent someone from committing a crime, right? So if somebody wants to assault someone in a parking lot, a camera isn't necessarily going to stop them. It might make them think twice and they might try to maybe do it some, somewhere else if they're determined. No, we want more than just cameras. Wow. Ah. That's interesting. I like that. And that ties into personal injury, obviously, because of incidents, right? Right, exactly. So if somebody happens to be assaulted out there, then they can hire an attorney who can then pursue against where it happened, trying to get a settlement for them. Got it. Oh, cool. I like that. All right. So let's talk about litigating all this, right? Um, in the personal injury realm, for those that don't know, it's usually on a contingency fee. And most of the attorneys like to just settle out, not go to trial, not even litigate at that point, because uh, sometimes the coverage or other elements in the case are either too risky or just not enough to litigate. So it's very interesting that you litigate most of your files in, when it comes to personal injury. So talk about that and how that kind of uh, came about? Yeah, I used to work at a large firm, Morgan & Morgan. Most people have seen their ads right there <laughs> everywhere. Uh, and the MO there is to try to is to try as many cases as we can. So any case that comes in, you know, we let the clients know like, hey, if the insurance company isn't trying to pay us a settlement that makes you happy, we're going to have to try the case in court in front of the jury, you know, and then clients actually learn a little bit about what that takes you know, it's typically getting them ready to be deposed, to have their deposition taken by the insurance lawyer is the biggest thing that most clients uh, will have to do. But then still then after the depositions, usually most of the cases settle because if we if the depositions go well, right, the insurance company is going to want to pay to avoid going to trial. Um, but then also we also get I also get cases from other firms who don't litigate, you know, that say, hey, we couldn't get a pre-suit settlement. Can you come in and file a lawsuit here and see if you can try the case if need be, but possibly get it settled? Mm. And how often do you try a case? I'm interested now. <laughs> um, I would say at least three or four a year. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I figured it would be very low because not a lot of uh, insurance companies want to go to trial. One, because it's oh, super yeah. expensive. Right. And it's going to cost yeah. them more than what the actual settlement would be, which is usually why personal injury cases are settled, because the coverage is sometimes not there, especially I don't know about Georgia, but the minimum here in Florida is 10,000 on a car. So, I mean, imagine 10,000 can be eaten up in just medical um, yeah. expenses. The minimum in Georgia is twenty five thousand, and I still feel like that's too low. I feel like it should be fifty, you know. Um, but I think Florida has PIP, which we don't we don't have here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We do. We have PIP. Yeah. You gotta love those PIPs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so, walk me through a day of litigating because this is really intriguing for me. I, I like I said, we often do not litigate. Yeah, we'll file the complaint to kind of you know do a little scare tactic and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But by that time, and you know, and settlements are pretty much 
in, in progress, right? We're just doing it to expedite the settlement. So um, really, how how are you how are you doing that? So the key with litigating files is just trying to be as prepared as possible, right? So <clears throat> we'll locate the person who's at fault, make sure they get served, and then after that, get right into discovery. So discovery, we want them to you know, admit where they live, admit that they were properly served, just try to knock out as many things as you can. But the main thing is we want them to appear for their deposition, right? Mm -hmm. And usually if the officer has written this ticket, you know, following too closely, running a red light, then the case is pretty straightforward. You essentially want to set them up against the police officer, right? Hey, this officer came out. He doesn't know you, but he conducted an investigation saying you're at fault. Do you have mm -hmm. a witness? Do you have any information to provide that he's wrong? They typically don't, right? And then sometimes people will say, oh, no, the officer wasn't there. You know, he, does, he didn't see what happened. But then we come to find out that they paid for the citation, <laughs> you know, that they were written. So then in your deposition, I'll say, well, if you weren't at fault, you know, you work hard for your money. Why did you pay for something when you're not wrong? You know, why didn't you go to court? Everybody's afforded their day in court. You had your day. Why didn't you stand up and make your argument and say that that, that, that uh, officer was wrong? You just pay the citation, which a judge explained to you is an admission of guilt, right? So when you go through that and then with their deposition, you know, their attorney is going to be objecting a lot, obviously, because they don't want you to ask those questions. No, of course that's, not. <laughs> that's, that's it. We want to get right into. And then, you know, you rear-ended my client. So it's possible then a rear-end collision can cause these injuries. They're obviously going to say yes, right? Because we have a doctor who already is going to testify and say say the same thing. So it's right. really just about lining the case up so that it flows all the way. And then when you actually get to trial, trials can be unpredictable. So what my strategy, what I like to do is, if you, let's say you're my client, right? I'll write all the questions for you, write all the answers, right? Then I'll give you the questions and then I have the answers. If you can memorize the questions that I'm going to ask you, you'll know exactly where the answers are. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you when you get on the stand, we're just following a script. And the more you practice it, the better. Right. And then my clients are not at fault. So <laughs> you're telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you're you're for the not fault person. They right. The, so it's right. They, exactly. To, they have to nothing try to worry. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. So obviously you have a lot of investigators that go out and try to look for potential witnesses. Um, there's a lot of money that goes into this, um, you know, obviously, and it's upfront, right? So because I don't think, is it on a retainer basis? No, right? It's a contingency or no? You know, it's a contingency, but the client doesn't pay us anything upfront or out of pocket at all. You know, so when we take on the case, we'll do all the work. And then if we can get a settlement, when the settlement comes in, that's when we get paid. But the percentage that we get paid, we agree with that. We agree to that number with the client when they first sign the contract so they know, right? You don't want yeah. any surprises. Mm -hmm. Right, obviously. And, okay, cool. So that, I figured, I'm like, because I know that's a lot of money to litigate a case in general. So you it's, just it's take a lot. it from a settlement. Yeah, it, it easily will be tens of thousands of dollars, right? We don't want our clients to have to be on the hook to pay that. And then also... In the event that we can't get you a settlement, we cannot get you a settlement, you don't owe us anything. You know, so it's it's free unless we win. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Just like anything in personal. Well, personal injury. I don't want to say anything. Personal injury. Personal yeah, only. personal injury only. <laughs> obviously. So this brings me to my next point. Um, the community. Obviously, you are very invested in the community. You're um you work for the people by the people. Um, and I love that. Uh, I love the 
those good attorneys out there that do something outside of their law firm. And in our pre-interview process, you spoke about something that's called a community outreach day. Um, yeah. And it's basically you go into the community and you throw this uh, event. So talk a little bit about that event and, and really where that idea came from. So, you know, just growing up being around my friends, their parents, different communities. I'm originally from Zambia myself, so I know a lot of immigrants. Um, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, Latino, of course, but we don't happen to know a lot of lawyers. Plenty of us, our, our parents, our uncles, grandparents, they were not lawyers, right? So because we don't have that information, it's almost like a we, we don't know what we don't know, right? right. <laughs> so uh, Community Law Day was this event where me and some attorneys that I know came together. Like we went into the community, sent out this invitation, like, "Hey, if you have any kind of legal question, we'll find you a lawyer who can answer it for you for free." The main okay. thing that we found was that people didn't even know that there were situations in their lives that they needed lawyers for, right? Like one of my um, someone that I knew, her grandmother was having a social security issue, right, with getting money from the social security office. You can get a, you can get an attorney to help you with that free of charge, right? I had another friend who was going through a bank who wanted to go through a bankruptcy. You can get a bankruptcy attorney to help you with that, you know. Or you can go through these things by yourself. Um, it's it's very very stressful, very difficult when you have an attorney there, especially someone who's from your community, so they look like you, so they know you. They can talk to you about it, explain it to you, and then it it helps get what the client needs done you know, with less stress. Um, so a lot of people came out. We had like so many different, we had real estate, criminal defense, of course, business lawyers, uh, tax lawyers, just anything that you wanted to, anything you can think of. And I've, I've done it once before COVID. It was in person. And then once after COVID, we did it virtually. But, you know, same thing. People just sent in their questions and asked. And, you know, it was it was really it was a really great outreach day. So I feel like we helped a lot of people. I love it. And I love how these attorneys are taking their time too, right? Because it wasn't just you. It was several attorneys coming together um, for the community. So I love how that, you know, the attorney community kind of came to the actual community. And you're right. Unfortunately, the general public, I want to say, um, is not aware of the use of an attorney on, in their everyday lives, right? Um, usually when you're no. affluent and you have you know, you reach a certain income level, they, it's natural, right? It's natural that they use their attorney. They probably have one on staff. They probably have one on call um, that pretty much takes care of all their legal matters and transactions and everyday life. Um, but unfortunately, you know, some of us are not that lucky <laughs> to have an attorney like that. And even if they're an attorney friend, it might just be a specific attorney, right? That knows about a specific thing, but doesn't really know about right. the situation, right? Because that's another thing. Like some of us, of course, I know plenty of attorneys. Uh, so everybody comes to me and they're like, hey, do you have an attorney for this, this and this? Um, you know, so that's great. But it's like sometimes I don't, you know, because it's very, sometimes it's super specific. And there's like some things, especially employment law is very specific, right? A lot of uh, attorneys just dedicate their entire career on just employment law and then like a specific area within the employment law. So it's right. very hard uh, to, um, it's not a catch-all, right? And even though there's like legal aid, 
There's other pro bono attorneys out there that do it because of the, some of them have to, right? Because if not, you don't get, um, so you don't continue your licensing, right? So some of them have to do uh, pro bono as well, whether it's one or two cases a year, depending right. on state you're in, right? Um, but that can only go so far, right? They can only take so so much. Uh, so yeah, you know, alleviating the, the gap a little bit obviously is is a big one for any community at this point, and um. I think education, which is where I'm at, you know, trying to educate the public and the communities and our legal community, right? Because the only way we're going to improve that is by training our own people to be that person, right? To offer that type of service and and be that compassionate person that, you know, they so need in such a time, a difficult, you know, fork in their life. So that's, that's amazing that you guys do that. And so I think this kind of inspired you for the accident concierge app, right? Or where did that idea come from? <laughs> so that idea just, I was just thinking about ways that what I do can be more efficient. You know, the process of representing somebody for after like a car wreck, I feel like it, it goes very much the same with what we do on our side. You know, there's a lot of documents we have to get from clients, from medical providers, so just trying to think of a way that we can streamline that process. So it came up with this idea for an app where the client's in an accident, you know, they they download our app and then they can do everything through the app, right? They can let us know about the accident. They can let us know about which hospitals they went to. They can send us a copy of the police report if they have it. They can send us pictures of the car damage. All that can be done through the app um, so that we can streamline that process from them. With them, and then also, one of the biggest issues we we have, the main complaint call is our clients, all personal injury clients is I don't know what's going on in my case, right? Like I need an update. I'm calling my attorney. Nobody's getting back to me. And plenty of times, you know, from our side, we don't have an update. So you you kind of feel you kind of feel a certain way telling the same client the same thing over and over, right? Because some clients, you know, they 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 want to call like every day, every other day, every week. Um, so sometimes that's why we're not giving them that information, but this app allows them to be able to see. So if they're in the treating stage, right, they'll go in there and they'll say, hey, you're currently in treating. This is what this means. This means, you know, we're waiting for you to go through this plan with your doctor, get the records. Or if a demand has been sent out in their case, it lets them know, hey, the demand's been sent out. In Georgia, the laws, they have 30 days to respond. But all the client can find those things out just by going into the app. Now they don't have to get on the phone, calling, waiting. They don't have to send emails. They don't hopefully feel frustrated and feel like there's no connection with their lawyer, which is one of the main complaints. Because what happens in that situation is people feel like you don't care about them, right? Which is which is just not true. Um, that's, that's, you know, we care so much about our clients, want to do the best for them. So this app hopefully can help us to streamline our efficiency and also help our clients feel more connected to the process of what's going on in their case. I love it. You brought up a good point though. So is this, this is going to be a nationwide thing because, you know, some states it's 20 days, 30 days, or is this just going to be specific to Georgia? So I'm hoping it started in Georgia. Uh, it should be launching before the end of, you know, the first quarter this year. So before March 31st, you should have it out. I want to start it in Georgia and then see how it goes. If, because like you said, some of those laws are state by state specific. Yeah. So we'd have to go First of all, find attorneys who know what every state says. And then go from there. Yeah. No, um, my goal is to hopefully license it out state by state. Yeah. But the, the, the testing phase is for Georgia. 
I love it. I love it. And I think it's a great start. Um, Georgia has just like Florida, very similar when it comes to personal injury. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot, there's a very a big influx of personal injury, um, especially in South Florida. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, people would drive crazy anyway, and I can't even imagine New York, right? Because that's always right, right. My, like, I never, when I go to New York, I never drive in New York. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm the not, subway. I'll take the subway. I'm fine. <laughs> the subway goes everywhere. I wish there was a subway system like that here. I wouldn't drive. I wouldn't right. drive like, in the subway. <laughs> Yeah, no, but exactly. you know what you're saying about New York, Atlanta has gotten to that point now where it's really? just, it so congested. No way. Traffic's 24 7. That's One o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon, there's always, always traffic on the, in the city. That's now. crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I know. And it's, you know, it's the population, right? So where the most population is, is where you're going to get the most influx of um, personal injury and all that stuff. Um, and by personal but, injury, we, you know, it's everything, right? So slip and falls, but the most common is like car accidents it's be the car, or, or mo yeah. motor vehicle accidents is what I want yes. to say. Um, we have a lot of bus accidents because people mm -hmm. don't respect the bus. So they try Sadly. to cut them off or they try to, you know, do whatever in order to get in their way because they're too slow or they stop too much or whatever the reason may be. Um, we get those and usually you'll see the billboards right on the bus, which I always find that ironic that the actual personal injury uh, advertisement is on a bus, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, okay. So while you hit it, you know, or while you're in there, be like, hey, let me just walk out and call this attorney the, that's on the bus. The number's bus. right there. Yeah, the person's right there. No, oh my God. Personal injury ads are everywhere now. This is everywhere. crazy. I remember the first uh, like billboards that I saw, right? Because they're not, now they're like digital and it looks like a computer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you have them, some, some places don't even have them anymore, um, was of a uh, personal injury attorney, which is weird because uh, according to my research, when I did like advertisement in the legal industry, actually real estate was the first like actual, you know, publicized billboard advertisement and not to get off too much topic, but um, I, I just find it interesting that the advertising on all that is everywhere. But anyways, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming and I appreciate uh, all your work, especially for the community. You know, I think that's what really intrigues me of our previous conversations in this conversation. I just love what you're doing for the community and really giving that um, name, right? Because attorneys sometimes do get a bad rep and it's nice and refreshing. We definitely, <laughs> we definitely do. We definitely do. You know, I have a story I always tell people, like the first time I told my mom I wanted to be a lawyer, she got this really serious look on her face and she went, so you want to be a liar for a living? And yeah. I, I laughed so hard. <laughs> I know, you know, and movies like Liar, Liar, Legally Blondes, like you'll see yeah. all these types of you know, Hollywood help. movies that are like, Okay, come on, guys. It's not really like that. <laughs> they, don't help us out of, uh, they don't help us out at all. I know, geez. And and it's like, I wish life would be that interesting, too, in the legal industry. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes you get those really nice cases that really are like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a few. Definitely have some very interesting ones. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. And until next time, guys, see you.
see decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm, this is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Edarosa LLC, your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Edarosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Edarosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal, which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Edarosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day -day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting-edge legal education with Edarosa LLC. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.